Welcome to the Success in South Carolina podcast, where we will be hearing the untold stories of success from some of the top achievers in our home state of South Carolina. These neighbors of ours will also share their time-tested personal philosophies and solutions to inspire us, educate us, and help us find peace, joy, and love, along with a purpose, a mission, and a vision for our lives. And I'm your host, Jonathan Peoples. For the first time ever on the podcast, we have two guests at the same time. These special guests are a married couple that live in Greenville, South Carolina. Not only are they partners in marriage, but they're also partners in their passion. They're teachers during the day, but when the school bell rings to end the day, they put on their superhero capes and become headliners for the band Randomonium, which is quickly becoming one of the most popular bands in South Carolina and soon to be sweeping the nation. In the early days, the band Randomonium focused on playing any place they could, from the streets of Greenville to inside grocery stores. And six years later, as the group's personnel has evolved and expanded, and as their reputation for high energy shows, quirky instrumentation, and a highly daring and diverse set list spread around the greater Greenville area, the band found itself playing venues of all sizes and traveling outside of their bubble, reaching thousands with their dynamic and interactive performances and thoughtful covers of amazing music from a wide variety of artists. Let's jump right in because I know you're going to want to hear from these guys. Welcome to the show, my new friends, Sean and Heidi Chapman. Hey, guys. Hey, Jonathan. Thank you for having us. Yeah, such a long intro. My bad. Uh, So I've checked out a couple of videos for you guys online, and I am totally jealous, not only of how great you sound, but of how great you you guys look at your shows. Holy cow, you guys dress better than any (laughs) band I've ever seen out there. And it raises the spirit (laughs) of your performance. Well, that doesn't come without a price. Uh, Our storage space is rapidly running out. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I've seen lots and lots and lots of different outfits, but never the same one twice. How does that happen? Well, it's so, I mean, I think it's honestly just a clever rotation of things because we found a formula early on that works for us. So um, if you look at, um, obviously the audience can't see Sean's shirt, but he's wearing the latest randomonium shirt. Yeah. Um, so there's, th- there's a couple of elements. So the color scheme is black, red, and white. So we like those colors a lot. And also the, the design is kind of a vintage throwback, but it's still striking and simple. So those are kind of the elements that we like to, to incorporate anytime we put together a stage ensemble as well. Ro- rotation of, of colors yeah. is very good. So, you, you know, you have a you have a white shirt one time, red belt, yeah. black pants, black shirt. You know, it's like so it looks like you're uh, you're more, let's say, uh, spending more than you <laughs> But also, uh, I always tell people to not underestimate the power of cheap, loud-looking accessories because those uh, <laughs> those can pack a lot. Those can pack a lot of bang for your buck. <laughs> so, but you guys look great no matter what. So let's jump right into your story because there's a there's this story about you guys coming about randomly, right? From a conversation yeah. you guys had in a backyard or something like that. Can you yeah. share your story? When I was about to turn forty, I had that you know a little bit of a healthy, let's say, midlife crisis. I said, you know, I love teaching, but I feel like I should be doing something else. And I actually said to, to Heidi, <laughs> maybe, maybe I need to like start getting, you know, maybe and I, w- I really want to do something um, and, and, and do something really well, give it, devote my time and attention to it. And for whatever reason, it went in a different direction. So I was, I was you know, we've been talking for a long time about actually using our talents that have been sort of stored away for a while uh, in in music. Yeah, I'm going to chime in and say that uh, Sean and I had been married for eight years before we actually got it together enough to put aside a few differences and actually successfully create a musical ensemble. We're both both leads, so the ego part, we had to to kind of build the foundation of our marriage solid enough before we could let that. And so... It sort of started one night. We had a friend of ours named Atticus Kilo who loves music and loves variety and, and is kind of a, a fun guy. Uh, one actually night, actually, my parents' former neighbor, so yeah. that's why, like, he happened to be on my my parents' back porch. We were hanging out, and you know, I'd suggested to Sean, "Hey, like, let's, you know, why don't we reach out to Atticus and yeah. see if he's interested." 
And, you know, Sean was like, well, you know, it can't hurt. We've been talking about doing this for a little while now. And Atticus was all about it. And he was, yeah. I expected him not to be, take it too seriously, but he seemed right on board. Yeah. And so, so that kind of began everything. And we sort of practiced a few times and decided to do uh, an open mic. And we do have to shout out both Smiley's and Stomping Grounds because without those two venues, we would never really gotten kind of our momentum going because both of them were very supportive of us early on. So, sure. Well, yeah. My, I know a my, lot of bands, even when we were young, we got started in uh, as open mic nights, right? That's what you're supposed oh, yeah. to do. It's nice because it's low pressure. You don't even need to know how to set up your own PA. All you need to do is like, you just need three chords and a good, and a, and a good chorus and you're good to go. And that's where we came up with the name because we needed one for the competition that we were about to enter because they... Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think you are right about that. But the reason that I remember Stomping Ground specifically is uh, because Sean forgot his guitar. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> is that where the kazoo comes into play? Yeah. Uh, well, actually the kazoo was kind of a thing that happened later and it was a very organic. Yeah. Some friends of ours that lived, like, lived in our neighborhood were very like, very much protectors of our fledgling musical endeavors. And so they were constantly giving us ideas. So the guy in the couple that I'm talking about, uh, Jamie actually came up with part of our logo. So we have our logo is like a, like a long stretched out shuffle sign because we like all different styles of music. So that was his idea. And he was also the one that gave me a kazoo. And I was like, what am I even supposed to do with this? And so we got to a particular point in a song and we realized that that we didn't have the saxophone. So she, through inspiration, just grabbed it and kind of wailed on it. And I looked at her after that. I said, that's no joke right there. <laughs> that now that's something. <laughs> and I and yeah, I mean, I mean, it was it was kind of like what's weird about this. It was kind of like this from the beginning because it was just very inspired. So like when I came up with the name right before we went on stage, I said, well, this is what the name you know, we tossed a few. I said, let's just go with Randomonium. And then we went up there and played three songs. And the guy, I remember the sound guy looking at us like, those are three very random songs. Yeah, and you so could see they were. The name. <laughs> yeah. So these kinds of things, I mean, this is why it's been such what I would can only call kind of a providential because every at every turn, there seems to be some idea that kind of has just made this a very special different kind of experience. Um, yeah, there's really no explanation. I mean, I know that obviously there's things like hard work and setting out goals clearly and trying to achieve those goals and all the things that you're supposed to do when you're, you know, when you're trying to start any kind of new project or band or business. But like, honestly, there were so many intangibles from the very beginning that it sounds almost made up and crazy, but we really did have some very lucky breaks. So, and there's really no accounting what for I, why. <laughs> what, I, what I usually say is, is that, you know, most things like, for example, teaching, it's a grind. And when you get that compliment or when you get that, that parent note or whatever it is, you really treasure it because you know, like, you know, most of it's going to be hidden. This blood, sweat and tears is not going to the yeah, you kids don't get an immediate return from teaching in the same way, for sure. They're not going to yeah. they're not going they to don't scream for you like they do at a rock concert. No, yeah. no, it's seemed to just gain momentum without losing it for seven, seven yeah. years. And that could definitely change because sure. obviously, you know, the thing about being in a in a band yourself, you know, that things come up, life, lives change, priorities right. shift. You know, thing like things happen, and you can't stay in the same kind of success lane because, yeah, your life changes. So we're hoping that we can keep it going for as you know as long as it will let us. You know. We've taken what I like to call the crock pot approach to this, which is that slow cook, let it do what it does. And we're not trying to fast track anything because we don't know if we really even want that. We love teaching; it's something that that keeps us balanced. Yeah, balance is you know, versus the big thing there. The, the sort of stru less structured day where you're we got it's only about the gig or or what have you. So so it's, there's something about the healthy balance of the humbling of a factor of teaching with the exaltation. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that there's a very good reason why there's so many dramatic stories I don't know if you remember the series VH1 behind the music, but yeah. there's so dramatic stories associated with rock and roll in general. 
And I think that one of the nice things about being where we are is, well, first of all, we're just a humble local band and we're pretty aware of that, even though we've been lucky and we have excellent visibility in the area. And then secondly, yeah, we didn't quit our day jobs because your day job is your investment in your dream life. So you just kind of have to have those two sides of your life working in tandem to really get anywhere, especially these days. So, yeah. So it seems like the, the band started in a little bit of organized chaos uh, yeah. which is which is great for the band ra- uh, name Randomonium. I love it. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> and then along with any band, any band starting it, I know, but most people start their bands when they're in their twenties. And then you said yeah. you 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 so you had this uh, epiphany. I'll call it an epiphany, not a midlife crisis. That you've got talents that That's are being funny wasted. because epiphany got- was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> epiphany was yesterday. <laughs> So uh, no, we've got these talents that are being that are being wasted. You've got value that you can bring to the market or impact that you can make in the world. And it's kind of not it's it's a fruit that's sitting there not being used. So I love the yeah. fact that you that you noticed this and then figured, let's do something with it. The both of you, too. This is something I'd love to figure out and love for you guys to speak on because married couples, there's challenges within marriage itself, right? You've been married now for what, like 16 years, I think. Is that right? Yeah, 16 years. There's challenges correct. just within marriage all, all in and of itself. But right. then to, to throw on both of your teachers now and both of you are in the band now, you're doing so much of the same stuff. Does that actually accentuate the relationship? I think part of it comes down to, yes, it's both a grace and a threat. <laughs> really, I mean, anything can be like that even good things you know can can be a temptation to to lose lose your way i think for me and then you can sp- you can speak to this but sharing a, a common goal especially in something as powerful as this i mean we recognize that this is is a power that goes beyond us i don't want to be too grandiose but <laughs> it's actually can be quite shocking at times the response we get I don't think, oh, I'm doing this. I, I think, wow, when we do this, it's something special and we better be careful to not mess it up. Well, and not <laughs> and not mess up what we have that that right. makes it together something, you know, yeah. special. What would be the point of that? It's like, okay, the very thing that we're able to do together and and for it to have such a such a beautiful effect, then all of a sudden becomes the way thing that divide, you know, you just, you, you have to, to me, it seems like it's such a great temptation, which is why it happens to like bands. Yeah. I mean, you see it, you see it all the time, like with with musical couples, it's like, oh my gosh, that's just, that's just a ticking time bomb. That's going to be a disaster. Um, But I think part of the reason that it kind of works for us is because, well, first of all, we're both kind of introverts in that um, we're good at carving out time for ourselves when we need it. So, you know, like if it's me just going off embarking on some time consuming and annoying project that will probably make me scream lots of bad words in the other room, or (laughs) Sean is like, he's very much an intellectual. So he's like a super smart guy. So like his intellectual pursuits and stuff. So I think it's, it's just important to have something that does kind of allow you to escape a little bit so you can recharge your batteries. And I know a lot of people wouldn't believe that we are introverted, but um, especially her, anybody that knows her, <laughs> she's just going to laugh when she says she's an introvert. But I actually am when I, I mean, I grew up, um, so I grew up eldest of eight children, um, wow. traveling from country to country every three or four years with my father's job with Michelin. And one of my biggest escapes was books. So I read mm. like a lot and it was my happy place. It was <laughs> like, shut the door, my a million screaming siblings, like just doing God knows what causing whatever chaos. And I was like, if I can just read this book, I can escape to a place that is, you know, within my control. Now I'm also an eldest child. And so there's like that whole controlling aspect as well. (laughs) But so, yeah, when people find out, oh, like, you know, you're a dynamic performer, you're, you know, you can talk easily to people. How could you possibly be introverted? Well, when you move that much, you sort of learn to adapt and you sort of learn to talk to the people that are in your path and you have to be gracious because otherwise you got no friends. And also a big family, you sort of find a way to like, there's a time to be quiet and there's a time to like do your own thing. And then there's a time where you have to literally survive your family. <laughs> so, and my family lives in town and I love them. So if they're listening, uh, love you guys, mean it. <laughs> <laughs> Something I found, Heidi, is that 
I've I've understood that introverts and extroverts cannot be defined by how they appear out in public. Introvert really means that you don't gain energy from being out in public. Uh, whereas an extrovert, they're out there doing that stuff. An introvert, I, I'm an introvert too. I can go out there and do that stuff and do networking and do and put on presentations and give speeches. But when I leave there, I'm exhausted. Yeah, and that's yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know if that actually describes you, but okay. no, I mean it's like <laughs> here's the thing. I think that my fuse is longer than a lot of introverts in that I can do like a lot of social interaction, but. I need at least every three days I need. She does crash. I I crash really hard and I need time to like just not do anything. So I managed to like pack a lot of activity into a short period of time. Yes. But then I have to pay the piper at the end of it. So let's pivot here real quick because I want to hear about we we talked about just the challenges of a couple, but I want to hear even just the challenges of a band starting like I was in a band in, in post high school and college and a few years after that. There's a lot of challenges in gaining a followership, getting places to book you. Like you said, walking into an open mic night or whatever it may be. Yeah. What are what are some of the major challenges that you guys have come across and how have you learned from those challenges? All right. So, yeah, the challenges when it comes to booking early on, when we first started uh, Randomonium back in 2015, we really didn't have any musical connections at all. You know, we were both in an education setting. We, I mean, obviously, like I did a lot of choral singing and stuff like that, but it wasn't obviously not the same thing as the rock scene in Greenville. So one thing that we sort of had to do was start building bridges and meeting or putting ourselves in the path of people that were musicians and, you know, befriending them. And and the only way that you can really do that at first, we realized that, you know, it was going to take basically starting at the very bottom and sort of making yourself invaluable in a small, not very glorious role. So basically we would play anywhere that they would let us play. You know, you mentioned in the introduction, in the streets, in open mic nights, in grocery stores, although the grocery store gig is actually really cool. So I shout out to Lowe's Foods for having live music at the grocery store because that's a great idea. That's awesome, yeah. You basically just go, you know what? I am not the kind of person that can make sweeping demands. So I'm going to work within the parameter of what I've been given and sort of try to do the very best that I can do and that we can do in that arena. And that eventually you just sort of, you work your way to the next level. It's kind of like in a video game where you go up to another level because mm. you kind of like collected all the badges and the uh, and the various things in the first level. And so that was one big aspect of it was just being willing to kind of play whenever, wherever, for free, for barely, for practically free. And then the other thing when it came to booking was to just realize that most venue owners are average, busy, distracted human beings, just like yourself. And if they don't answer you right away, it's not some kind of put down or they're not purposefully trying to ignore you. First of all, they don't know you from Adam. So, you know, you're not going to be a priority for them. So you really have to like think you have to put yourself in the other person's shoes and go, okay, if I were a venue owner and some annoying chick uh, with a kazoo was emailing me, how would I respond? I mean, a lot of times what you do is you send a nice follow-up and you just follow up every few weeks. You just say, hey, you know, I'm sure you've been really busy and I'm sure that like you've got other things to worry about, but we are really interested in playing at your venue. So like if you would consider it, uh, we could open for somebody or we can play on an unpopular night or, you know, you just you find a way, like you just find an entrance any way that you can. Yeah. And once you find it, typically what we found what happened was because people like the cute husband and wife, adorable thing, but we also happen to have really good harmonies. So I think that's, what's really been a good selling. That's been a good selling point for us. I think once they saw like how our, how our show actually was, they were like, okay, yeah, we can kind of see see this as being something we would book again. And obviously when we started off, we were rookies and we've also improved over the years, but I'd like to think that both of us had pretty, like a pretty decent amount of raw talent when we started. But the the problem is, I think what I see with, with some people is that they do in the wrong way, take it personally. Like, well, they never got back, Yeah, you know, and she just saw it as more as a challenge. And obviously in this age of social media, face-to-face yeah. Human contact makes people feel connected to you in a way they don't. And it makes you, it does or, make you stand out for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like Sean said, I love to solve problems. If something is broken, I want to fix it. Right. If, if there's yeah. like a conundrum, I have to be able to, yeah. 
to me, it was like, this is a big problem and it's hard to solve. So that makes me want to solve it all the more. And so it like made super motivated. So you have to be really, really motivated if you want to break through from being a trio that's practicing in your front room to actually a gigging band. That's kind of what it took. It took pretty much all my motivation. <laughs> yeah. It can be frustrating coming up against over and over and over again. And I don't know if it's rejections, the right word for it, Heidi, but getting the, just nothing. No, rejection, yeah, rejection would at least is be somebody but... saying, please don't bother me again. I'm not interested. <laughs> but what we were getting was, oh, nobody answering us. So right. which can almost be even more frustrating, to, yeah. right? Yeah. And it is because you're like, well, did they even get the email? Is this even the right venue? Like, did I email somebody in a different state? And, and, <laughs> and then, and, and, you know, there's also persevering means also, okay, maybe I can find somebody to get me to that someone who really will make a difference or somebody who's even more influential than the, the person that I've been emailing. And so part of that is just a commitment yeah. to not taking it personally and just seeing it as you know, this is the challenge. And, and you know what, we're not, we're, we don't deserve immediate response. Who, who are we that you're like, you must respond. And so, people actually really like it. If you yeah. take it, like if you're a musician and you're trying to get a venue owner to listen to you, it's usually better to not start off with, we're absolutely amazing. And we're going to knock your socks off. You should be like, you know, I realize that you have a lot of other bands out there. These are our unique selling points, but don't right. don't use something subjective like your quality level because they're just going to tune you out before they even read the second line. So, because what band wouldn't say they're the best? <laughs> I mean, we know we're not the best, but I can tell you we're up there in terms of being the most fun. We have a lot of fun at shows. <laughs> so. I can tell. I can tell. Let's talk about just a curious question. Do your students know about your bands? Yes, actually, they are very aware. In fact, I've I've actually played a couple of remember we played that Halloween party where I had my second grade students right. there. That was that was interesting. It, um, yeah, it, it tends to be more my my students. Yeah, because they're, older. because they're older. I'm a high school teacher. So what's great is when accidents or on purpose we get I, I probably get just as many accidental coincidental moments like, oh, where families <laughs> or but sometimes students will come back from college and visit and they'll and, and as they get older you know and they start obviously going to you know adult venues uh you know over 21 you know they're they'll, they'll come and it's i've had some in, some incredible you know, reunions with uh, many of my students and and even ones that i teach currently there'll be opportunities like we did a wedding this past weekend and and there were, it was part of the wedding party. Uh, right. Actually, the, so it was my brother's wedding. He married the big sister of two of my former students and we wow. did play the reception. And so there were like quite a few people yeah. connected to our like educational world there. So that was, that was. Really cool. What do y'all teach? Uh, so I teach French. Uh, my dad is from France and I'm a French citizen. So that's what I'm doing right now for elementary and middle school kids and I teach theology at St. Joseph's Catholic school. I get what you're saying where he's an intellectual. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Our so do me a favor. Our conversation is quite advanced. Yeah. <laughs> do me a favor, Heidi. I want you to say something for me in French. Say the left lane is for passing. So speed up or move over. Whoa. Okay. I now have to think <laughs> about that. <laughs> Wait, the left lane is for, okay, you might have the to send me that. The left lane is for passing, so, so speed up or move over. Okay, let me think about that because I'm not good at translating on, on the fly like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a very particular, you know, particular. So it's, it's, the tag, it's, the, it's the tagline. It's how I end my podcast. And I was going to take her French, her French oh, voice, say French. Okay, all right. And just throw well, that at well, the let, end let of the podcast. Let me think on, because the problem is, is that it's like very specific. So let me, as we talk, I'll think about how I would phrase it. And then I'll let you know exactly okay. how I would. So, so another, another curious question. So the band Randomonium, it's really yes. like five or six bands all in one, isn't it? It probably does. Yeah, it, it depends how how you kind of view it, you know, we've, some of them we give different names to, but, you know, it sort of arises out of the fact of the, the first band, which is Randomonium. We, we play everything, or at least most th types of music from the rock and roll era, from 50s to, to today. And we sort of 
pride ourselves on being able to, I, I kind of like an actor wanting to play diverse roles, be able to, to vocally do that. And so the particular offshoots are the fact that we love too many it, things. It's, to well, no, but it's, silly. but it allows us to yeah. kind of zero in without, because it's almost too much, the random. So, so every once in a while we kind of go, well, like, let's, let's zero in on this music right now and and focus in on one style so we're not constantly overwhelmed by well what should we play should we play this three from this decade or this so it kind of allows us uh to to, to focus a little bit it's the it's the you know sort of so you've the, got like an 80s band you've got an 80s band you've got the 90s band yeah yeah um, so what's the 80s one called neon something Neon Arcadia. Yeah, it's uh, supposed to be like the arcade era of music because, yeah. you know, music and video game culture were very closely linked in the 80s. Yeah. And then, and then you have all apologies. Is that right? All apologies. And then we have a couple of other random. Like, yeah. I mean, just projects like like we do. Uh, we sort of during the summer, we'll we'll get in a boat and not maybe not literally. Not but, literally. No. And do yacht yacht rando. So so like yacht rock, kind of smooth listening, you know, um, like a Jimmy Buffett uh, type stuff? Yeah, I mean, it could be Jimmy Buffett. thinking more like Michael McDonald. Yeah, you know, gotcha. um, like just stuff that's like easy listening. Uh, sailing yeah. by like Christopher, Christopher Cross, Cross, that yeah. kind of. Gotcha. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Right, tell me your tagline one more time. I'm typing it in notes. So the left lane is passing. So speed up or move over. So speed up or move. Okay, just making sure I have that right. She's going to ask Google. No, I'm, I'm not. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to phrase it correctly so that my dad doesn't listen and try to correct my French. So. <laughs> <laughs> or your elementary or middle school teachers don't, or your students don't want to have them yeah, correct you. Yeah, I would definitely right? not want to put bad information out there because they're like sponges. And if you learn it wrong, then you've got to unlearn it and relearn it. And who wants uh, to do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why I've taken so many years of Spanish in high school and in college and still can. All I can say is, uh, yo tengo un pollo loco en mis pantalones. And I don't even why know what that you means. Want a crazy chicken in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> kudos to you guys i saw the ants marching cover and you've got to be the only people that have ever done that song without trying to sound like dave matthews in his voice i mean <laughs> I, well, I, I hope it was still good even if it didn't sound <laughs> no no i'm i think it's it's amazing how you hear other people do the cover for that and they automatically go into that dave matthews voice and it's like just sing with your own voice your voice is good. Yeah, no, and that one's really fun because the instrumentation is just so like all over the place. So it's yeah. perfect for what we what we do, which is we like to include all kinds of different stuff, like all all the different instruments. It's so much fun. But yeah, no, thank you for watching. Hey, it was amazing. It, it really was. And there's a lot of other videos. You guys need to check them out on YouTube. But let's pivot here real quick. I want to talk about success. Ah, yes. <laughs> Right. That's the, the, the show is called success yeah. in South Carolina. So let's start with this. Let's, let's lay a foundation. How do Sean and Heidi, how do you guys define success? All right. Well, to me, success is like you said before, is different for everybody. And I think some people's do, some people do tend to measure it in terms of like money or numbers or possessions. Um, but to me, I think success is really more of a mind frame so it's sort of like you are in a successful place in your life if you are at the same time looking back on what you've just accomplished and going, okay, like there's progress there. And you still have kind of the energy and the focus and motivation to continue on that trajectory, even if you're aware that it's not always going to go like up in a straight line. Um, but it's just kind of having a like a healthy appreciation of your accomplishments so far while still not resting on your laurels, but continuing to keep your eyes open to the to the future. That so success, success for you is about con continual growth. Exactly. I don't think that, for example, winning the lottery to me, that would not be successful. Right. Yeah. Because there's like, you know, you win it and then what? And then most people lose all their money in the in the years after that anyway. I don't even know what the statistics are on that. But for me, it would be like find a way to do something that that makes you the best version of yourself and find something that, you know, yeah, it's obviously great if it can support you financially and you need 
to be sensible about that and support yourself right. financially. Don't I'm, I'm telling everybody out there who's a music musician, do not quit your day job. <laughs> Just yeah. To, right. Um, but you know, I mean, you still need to find, you need to create the, the goals and then you need to go after them. And I don't know, what would you define success as Sean? Well, I'm not going to define success in every, like my mind just would start swimming and all different. I'm going to kind of give you an idea of what has been, what has felt like success in, in this respect in respect to what we've created here together, which is for me, and it's a bit of a surprise. Uh, it's it's been a learning experience. I started doing this because I thought, you know, well, we can sing pretty good and people might like that. And wouldn't it be cool to have people listen and like it? For me, it's been the fact that it's made so many people glad and joyful that it just blows my mind. And, and I realize, you know, a gift like this, that's one of the reasons why I've been careful to take care of it is that, and to do it the right way, because it really does give people refreshment. I'm not trying in a grandiose way to save the world, but I am. I, I see it as a way to give people a respite from the real struggles of life to get have sort of hope infused. Because that's what they basically showed me that they're getting from it. I would yeah. never have guessed how what live music would mean to people until I actually did it and watched. The magic happen, and so when we do it, we want we want to honor their memories of these songs and what made these songs so special to these people. And they and yeah. I think see that, and so we we kind of share in that joy together. And I think that's to me what success looks like. So success for you, Sean, is more about making an impact, whether it be bringing hope or joy or happiness or just some emotion to other people through this, through this gift. Well, that you have. I, I would that- say for me, success is the using the gifts that you have in a way that, that really does in a positive way, impact people's life. I mean, mm-hmm. that, you know, that as we do right by the gifts that we have and develop them, you can see sometimes you know, subtly, but, but sometimes overtly how you're, you're helping to bring life to other people. And that's really what, to me, what vocation is like, you're giving somebody, not just a, say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I do this or I'm a talent, but, the, but here's, here's the gift of life that, that I have to offer you. And it seems like there's a lot of boomerang effect. The, the way you speak about it, Sean, the, the more life you give, the more joy you give, the more you receive in that as well. People wonder, okay, we're teachers full-time. How do you have such energy to do it? And it's like, because of the the joy and, and happiness mm-hmm. that people have in, in hearing it, we wouldn't, we would quit from very yeah. early on if it wasn't tangible sense of thank you. I haven't heard that song in so long, or thank you. The way you do, the way you guys do that together, the way you, you, you bring that, you, you basically are bringing it up. I mean, for me, I think as a, as a singer, if I don't believe what I'm selling, then they're not going to. And, and so you enter into, you know, it's, it's kind of like being in the backseat of a car as a kid singing with your friends, your favorite songs. It's like you sang it, in a way that that it was just like this is this is everything right yeah. and so you kind of bring that youthful energy back to them and they respond right it's it isn't other than religion it is like music is a kind of gospel it's a good news right and so to do it the best that i can has is rarely not brought at least some joy back to me during a show so so it is it's almost like a symbol of how when you give yourself out to others, there's that ultimate, as you said, uh, reciprocation or kind of it comes back in that. Yeah, so that's true. And I mean, honestly, I am actually very much the ambitious business-minded one, just so we're clear. But I have to say that one of the most gratifying things that something that I consider to be a, a big aspect of our success is the ability to create community as we do this. So live music is a community builder if you use it the right way. I know a lot of people think, well, you know, musicians can be kind of like rivals and stuff like that. But to me, I found that if you go into it with just the right mentality of, oh, well, we're helping each other. And, you know, this is a community that can do a lot of good. I mean, we've done charitable 
events and relief events and stuff. And it's really like, it's important to make that a part of your whole picture because it's a very important part of just the human condition. But, in, but so. you know, one of the things that, that Heidi does very well, and I'm a little sh- shyer than she is a social on social media, but, but I think what we, tr- we try to do collectively is to encourage fellow bands to say a, a, an encouraging word. Not everyone does that. And they have their reasons perhaps, but, but I always find, I mean, this is in anything, right? Say something where you can. I don't mean lie to people. There's a lot of smoke that goes, but but find something that you that you can genuinely say to the, to a band that's trying hard to that you know say I really I really enjoyed uh, that video you put out and keep up the good work and yeah and because honestly, we want to come out and see you and and when we can to do that and and that sort of thing. It I think that a lot of people. I mean, musicians are we're all notoriously kind of ego driven and. Sometimes it can hurt us like, oh, look, that band over there is getting more attention. And and it's like, you just got to realize, okay, you're going to have a great week where everything is going to go your way. And then you're going to have a week where like, maybe you took a night off and then the next day you've got FOMO because you feel like you missed an opportunity and you just have to put that behind you and go, you know what? Like sometimes like there's going to be a time to perform and a time to not perform. There's a reason that bands have touring bands take breaks from tour. And there's a reason that you see these musicians that are like, the greats have forged these friendship with these other greats. And there's a reason for that because it's like lonely kind of on your own, even if you're really good, even if you're brilliant, even if you've got like the best album on the planet, ultimately who wants to be at the top alone. So to me, I would just rather, you know, I would rather build people up because I'm more interested in being a part of a community that offers a lot of great options so that, you know, we can all continue to make our, make each other better. We can continue to flourish. That kind of success is our success too. I totally agree. One of my catchphrases is when you win, we all win. When you succeed, right. we all succeed. And I, I want to speak to that here, especially in regards to bands. What pieces of advice would you give to someone else who is a fledgling band trying to make it, trying to get even to your level so far? Well, I would say that there's a balance between kind of looking to see what other people are doing and letting that inspire you, but also it can sort of limit you sometimes because I think one of the great things about Randomonium is that we we knew so little about what we were doing that we sort of like went in our own direction before we realized what the norm was. And in some ways, like that's been bad, but in most ways it's been a good thing because just the weird instruments and the unlimited different genres and stuff like that. We just kind of like forged our own little niche. And so I think that, yeah, like, obviously you should look around and see what your peers are doing, but don't, don't let that limit what you can achieve. Stay true to your own vision while also realizing that sometimes your vision needs a little bit of editing. So pay attention to other people, but be unique, be yourself. Yes. Exactly. That was well said. So that's one thing I would say. Another thing uh, is a branding thing. You probably need to figure out pretty quickly how you're going to brand yourself. And you need to be consistent once you decide what that brand is. So I, I know it's like it's boring and businessy, but it's true. I mean, we picked certain colors, we picked a certain font. We had a fabulous friend, Nicole Romano, who is uh, sadly, she is no longer with us. She she passed away a few years ago. But she was our amazing, like she designed our logo for both Randomonium and Neon Arcadia. And she came up with like a really great, striking, simple pair of graphics for us that have really been like, honestly, at the helm of what we've been trying to do. Yeah, let me me echo that because I'm not usually the one putting it up on social media. I mean, I I help with designs and and everything, but... That's one of the things that I see sorely lack. If I was going to point out one thing that that bands are not doing is they don't know how to promote promote themselves on just strictly on social media. Visually, it it really matters. I mean, yeah. I see I see bands put the same insignia over and over again. We're playing at this, and it's the same thing over and over again. And, and after fair, a while, and that, after yeah, to be fair, that is a Facebook thing because Facebook automatically will put your band's like yeah. cover photo as the main event photo. So if you you have to actively, my, yeah. my point is, my point is that is just to have the that after a while, it just becomes white noise, and you begin to associate the band with a kind of white noise. It doesn't mean that that's necess- always the case, but for me. 
that's got to be it's got to be striking because that's the first thing they hear. That's the first thing they see that, you know, it's it's presented to them. So so having a strong game, I agree with that, because that to me is the least top three things that I see lacking from fans. But it's really important to make each event feel like a unique event, right? You don't want it to just be like, oh, here's another like show that where we play our three 45 minute sets and it's just the same songs. And like, you really want to try to like, okay. So most of the time, if you, if you have a set list and you're in a band, it's going to be similar kinds of music. It's going to be similar songs, but you know, try to like maybe rotate a song that you haven't done in, in a while, come up with an interesting arrangement, you know, just come up with something that sets each of that apart. And also this is going to sound really dumb and obvious, but if you're a band, then all the branding in the world and all the social media savvy in the world isn't going to help if you suck. So don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't suck. Put, put the time. Don't great suck. advice. Great advice. So uh, put in put in some practice time. Yeah. Even if yeah. you have the best image, it's not going to oh, yeah. make up for yeah. the fact if you've got zero talent or zero skill. I mean, we're like, it, there's also very talented people that aren't comfortable performing. So you need to make make sure that you get comfortable up there. So that's this is what I would say. Not to take away the your any from any of your Um, but for me and and this kind of goes a little bit to the to the introvert side what you'll see with a lot of bands and not not certainly not all is is a sort of stationary uh approach to things and there's a bit of a wall between the performer and who they're performing for it's and i and i say this not because i don't i'm not sympathetic probably if if i had started playing out somehow if heidi if this was like it's a wonderful life and and Heidi never existed in my life all of a sudden and and I had to live I don't know how that would look but at any rate you by myself you definitely wouldn't have as organized of a sock drawer that's, that's true, true. <laughs> but if I but but I can imagine a world where I never forced myself to break some of the fourth wall and I and I think that's some of the secret of randomonium which is that you're doing this for somebody. You're serenading somebody. You're not just up there, yeah. As an as an artist, yeah. You get get over your. You got to get over yourself a little bit. Yeah, you feel awkward. You feel like a dork. I don't mean like you're bring. You know, got a rose in your mouth and you're like bringing it to somebody. Although that might but be an idea for Valentine's Day, I right? Really like that. <laughs> but but it's it's in a certain sense breaking the like plaster off and moving. And this is this, this is somebody's song. You can't not sing it with a little bit. You know. And I agree with that point 100% because I will say one of the things that that our band gets a lot of compliments on is the fact that we are relatable when it comes to like we're people and we don't try to hide the fact that like, yeah, sometimes some we have our struggles and sometimes things are difficult. We are pretty open about like anytime we have some kind of like challenge, I'm, I'm and I know I'm probably, I overshare and Sean is like, there she goes again, oversharing. <laughs> Is this your uh, secret time in your Camry? Is that what you do? Oh, yes. Yes. Well, that is definitely oversharing. But, you know, it actually has worked out pretty well. People watch it. I mean, just like how she turned a kazoo into like basically something as interesting, if not more than a saxophone. I don't think you're aware of this, but she used to. we, We got a new new Camry. The original Camry was where she did this. It was a nine from 1999. And okay, this is nothing against it, but it was a trashy looking car. I mean, it was like 1999. I love it was dying <laughs> on the line. And all of a sudden it became this thing because of, yeah, I mean, it's almost like Beauty and the Beast. It's it like this love. Yeah. She just puts this love. And and that that kind of connection with your audience to to honor them, because we're not, we didn't invent these songs and they're right. their songs too. So we want to show them that we share the passion and love and we want to honor them through the songs as well. That's a great point you made just there. As far as like you didn't, these are not our songs, like our as in just Sean and Heidi. These songs yeah. belong to all our, of us. These are yes. our we're songs. We're all fans right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're fans from the stage, you're fans in the audience, but we're all just trying to pay tribute to these amazing like yeah. classic songs that have like brought a lot of emotion to people. We're going to make you feel as best we can like you're not hearing it on like a recorded version of it, but a live, live version and, and sing it as if it was the, you know, the, maybe the first time you ever heard it. And then the first time it moved you or you whatever. Back to being 14 years old again. Right. Yeah. Ex- yeah exactly. hundred yeah. percent. So, 
Also, I think I'm ready to try that uh, that okay. phrase. I think I think I got it. I think I figured out how I want to phrase it. Are you ready for okay. it? Okay, okay, you go All ahead. Right. Okay, give me a second. Okay, la voie de gauche est réservée au passage. Alors, accélérer ou bouger de là. <laughs> so you said <laughs> the left lane is for passing. Yeah, speed up or move over. I, yeah, that's pretty much what I said. It, you know, <laughs> but in 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 as uh, as many French idioms as I could throw in there. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'm going to take that and cut it out and throw it at the end of this episode. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, Heidi. Yeah, I was just like, how do I phrase this? It's so specific. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, promotion, guys. We're, we're here wrapping up. I want to promote you guys. And uh, where, where can people find you? I know that you've got your Instagram. You've got your website. Where do you think is the best place for people to come find you guys? If they're interested in live music, then I would say that if you're a Facebook user, Facebook tends to set it up to where your events are accessible, but our website also lists them. We also use bands in town. That's for like specific people that are like kind of subscribed to different artists in the area. So I would say you can like, you can follow us on bands in town, follow what, us. What's your name on bands in town? Uh, you would just find us under Randomonium. Randomonium, um, okay. You put it in the search bar. We should pop up for Greenville. So that's that's one way. And our other and on Instagram, you guys are Randomonium Band on Instagram, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, Randomonium Band on Instagram, and then you can find information for our other projects in the bio of that of that specific Instagram. We do have a Reverb Nation page with a couple of our originals, but as of right now, we're not playing a lot of originals live yet. So enter at your own peril. <laughs> is that something you guys, is that one of the ambitions is to create some originals yes. and start to move that way, that direction? I mean, we, we've done it. You know, the, this, the dilemma is, I know this is shocking to hear this. We're only two people. So we yeah. doing all of the songs that we do. We love doing, we like have these big projects and we just run out of time yeah. for that aspect of the, you know, the, the band. And we, so, and another so, issue that yeah. like we haven't even talked about today, we could have probably spent a whole podcast talking about it, is we've had some very interesting personnel changes yeah. over the last few years. And so what happens is you try to work on a project and right. then like there's a key person that's not there and then it like, sets you, have you to back. back and it sets you yeah. unless you even when you have a great musician, like for example, our guitarist who we we added a couple of years ago. Shout out to Jason Wolf. Jason Wolf. It just to learn to be able to, to it's a sheer volume of material. Volume of material. Mm -hmm. So that just really slows you down. I will say we, we've been very lucky and very once again the word providential again is that you know every time we've we've lost a musician we've been we've been very fortunate to gain. We uh, found a really great yeah. replacement every yeah. time. So, so we've been very lucky. So there. it's it hasn't it's it's never set us back in a way that that's kept us from making the progress. Uh, that, that we need but yeah yeah I but mean, yeah you do lose some pro like or you lose progress on certain projects that you've started and then you kind of have to like right. recoup and, and, and you have to consider what what it, how much is too much to ask of my band yeah right. um you know, to, to learn this so like for example this year we have a project where we're we're gonna be doing dark side of the moon uh the the full-length album as part of a larger uh, event called rocktoberfest a 50-year yeah. anniversary of Dark, Dark Side of the Moon. And, wow. and so that's probably going to be, yeah, yeah, that's going to be taking up a lot of our time. Yeah. And we're going to start promoting that um, yeah. as soon as we get our ducks on uh, ducks in a row for that. But but yeah, as far as promotion goes, I would say like our social media is, is probably where we have the biggest, kind of like the biggest amount of followers and the biggest amount of success promoting our music. So I would the say- Social media is probably- probably better to find out where you're playing and all that kind of stuff better yeah, than even your website. I put it on, like I, I'll put out graphics every week. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing that you can tell your young musicians out there, make a unique graphic for every show and use Canva or something easy like that. It doesn't have to take a lot of yeah. time, but just put in the five minutes of effort. It really does pay off. Um, I, I, I know myself when I look at a, a it could be even a, a no a first time playing band. If they have a good picture, I'm like, Wait a second. They look like they're pretty good. You know, I mean, <laughs> never heard of, them of the, before, the presentation. It just, it just really can, can. Yeah. It's funny how we say don't judge a book by its cover, but we all do it. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, when it comes to something that's like image driven, like, like the music business and the live music industry. Yeah. Well, and and in a way it should, because it shows you care. I mean, like you're not just flopping something on there, any old thing to, you know, you, you take in the time to present yourself well, just like dressing well for a gig. And in the same vein as that, like not even gig related, but I made a discovery a couple of years ago when it came to why does it matter if you like dress yourself or brush your hair? What's, you know, why is this actually important? And it's not because, okay, so yeah, aesthetically it looks better because we've been trained to you know see that as socially acceptable, but it also gives the person that you're interacting with clues about your ability to be prepared right. in a difficult situation. So if you were prepared enough to find a way to match your shoes to your belt, or if you were prepared enough to like, you know, just do that little extra thing. It shows the person without even them being aware, you immediately put off a vibe of you got it together. I I would put it, I would put it this way. It shows people that you care about them. Yeah. Yeah. You have taken the time to honor and said you're, you have, you have chosen to come to a place where something important is going to happen because you know, I'm dressed to the nine, so I'm ready. So we're going to make it happen. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, obviously I don't want to hijack this, like this uh, music thread and talk about you must dress for success. But I mean, it's like one of those things where I, you know, I think, I think it is pretty, I mean, as I sit here. Or at least find a look, (laughs) find a look that is uniquely yourself. I mean, it doesn't have to be, we dress, I mean, we dress up way too much, but yeah, we do, but it's exhausting. At least find something that, that is pulled together. Well, that's, that's, that's your look that when they, people see you, they go, who is that? Yeah. Janice. No, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to quote Madonna. (laughs) I love, I love how you guys are just, just so back and forth and you guys, I can, I can, I can feel the passion coming from you guys. And I know that you've got a lot of events coming up in January and in February. I know, uh, Heidi's 80s birthday bash yep, at the warehouse museum when I first read that I thought it said Heidi's 80th birthday and I was like <laughs> yes I, I don't I realized think so. that it could be mis- misread that way so that people <laughs> can actually know my true identity as a vampire all right listeners let's get out there and make our world our country and our community a better place when you succeed we all succeed and as always this is a friendly reminder. La voie de gauche est réservée au passage, alors accélérez ou bougez de là.